The weather is finally getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year, like premium European linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable silk tops, timeless 14 karat gold jewelry, and so much more. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost like the middleman that passes the savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. I love that. I am so excited. I have two gorgeous, lightweight cashmere sweaters coming my way. One camel, one heather gray. I cannot wait to wear them in the warmer months when it's chilly in LA. Throwing them over my shoulders. Going to look so cute. Can't wait. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash judging Megan for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash judging Megan to get free shipping and 365 day returns quince.com slash judging Megan and now back to the podcast essentially you in my in the brains of my children there was mass inflammation and um also with their immunology their Brain, their immune system was attacking their brain. And my daughter actually had it worse. She was just a better performer at trying to lock in her anxiety and her OCD and her eating disorder until she snapped, whereas my son couldn't keep a lid on it at all. So it's archaic in diagnosing and it's archaic in getting treatment, but it's not new, unfortunately. It's just not recognized so much, but it really kind of falls under this umbrella of PANS. So you mentioned in the beginning that you suffered with an autoimmune disorder or disease. Does PANS develop like in pregnancy? Such, you ask the best questions. Thank you. The I'm very good at this. I've been doing it for you years. Are. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been put here for a reason, and we all deserve acceptance. Judging Megan with Megan Judge. I'm a trauma survivor from a really young age, and I have been diagnosed with complex PTSD in the past few years. I've been surrounded by death and abuse much of my life. I've been dragged through the mud and have been to the point of not wanting to go on anymore. Through my interviews with other survivors, I've learned that there is a way out. From recovering to surviving and thriving, we all have the strength to come out the other side. You are listening to Judging Megan. Hi, everybody. You are listening to Judging Megan with your host, Megan Judge. Okay, so a couple things. I am now on Patreon. So if you want to join Patreon, you can go to patreon.com forward slash judging Megan, my podcast. It is a subscription. You do have to throw in a couple dollars a month, but there's going to be bonus content on there. It's going to be more comedic stuff. Probably 
Um, I'm going to be doing a lot of live stuff, um, things with my family. My ho- my husband is going to pop on and I'm looking forward to it. It's fun. I have a couple things up so far and a few subscribers. I just launched it. So um, we'll see what happens with that. I'm also on YouTube. My audience is very slowly growing. It's kind of embarrassing. Usually I don't look my best. So when I record these episodes, because I try, but I just usually am running all over the place. And my guest is probably laughing because she's a mom too. Um, And what's the other thing? Oh, and if you listen and like my podcast, please review it on Apple and like and subscribe. I would really appreciate that. And I am going to introduce my guest in a second, but I do have to tell you a story that I find funny. Um, so I was, I pick up my kids every day from school and there's a bunch of moms and we sit and gab on the field. Like it's not one of the pickup gates called the field. And I was laughing the other day because I was telling one of the moms this story about how, when I was young, I used to always be the girl that was like wild. And I would like jump off bars and be on the bars dancing and doing all of that stuff. If you listen to me, you might not be shocked by that. And I would do the air splits. And my husband was like, you cannot do that anymore, Megan. You are too old. Like you're going to hurt yourself. So sadly, a few years ago, I went to the doctor because I hurt myself and I didn't know what I did. So that's what age range I'm in now when you hurt yourself and you have no idea why. And they're like, oh, you have calcification on your hip. So my husband's like, no more, Megan. You cannot go to parties and do the air splits you are not allowed to do this anymore. And then I started laughing because then we all started talking about like, what vitamins are you taking? And I was like, well, everyone, I have a vitamin case and I take spirulina and chlorella and, uh, and vitamin D3. And then we all were talking about like our levels of vitamin D being down. And I just burst out laughing because it's like, when you get to this age, It's like 10 years ago, never, never would I have had this conversation. It would be like, oh my God, you guys, what are you doing this weekend? But now it's like old lady chat, like about like what vitamin regimen you're on. Liza, can you relate to any of this? I need to know. Um, Actually, two years ago, I did do the splits on my trampoline. I'm like, I still got it. You know, I had a couple, a little couple drinks in me. I still did it. I did the full thing. The next day could not walk and had to get on a plane. Like it hurt. I couldn't move. So I can completely relate. And I'm on a lot of supplements myself. Yeah. It's so depressing. It's like in your head, aging is this weird thing. You still think like you're young, right? You still are like, well, I'm like 20 something. Like I still think I'm a teenager, but then you look in the mirror and you're like, okay, no, 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 no. You cannot do the air splits anymore. And you Liza cannot do splits on the trampoline. Right. I was just impressed with myself that I nailed it. I nailed it. I got a picture of it. I sent it to everyone. And then the next day I couldn't walk. Yeah, no, I, I nailed those splits. Can you do a full split? Split because when I say the air splits, I mean one leg out. That full split, toe above the hand, like hands what? out, toe was above. I mean, I I went for it. I had I think I had done yoga that morning. Oh, okay. 
That is that I don't even I'm I'm speechless. I'm left spe- speechless right now. That is very impressive. I'm going to send you a picture after. Yeah, this I podcast. love it. I love it. But then also, do you, can you relate to like the vitamin conversation? Like, have you ever found yourself in this conversation? No, I can't at all. I can't. <laughs> Of course I can. I'm pulling oh out my, God, my dispensers right now. I could show you a whole closet. Okay, so FYI, it, Thank if you. you watch this on YouTube, you can see that she also has a vitamin case. And it's it's like the age range. It's like, oh, well, once you have like a Monday, yes. Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday vitamin case, you know you're getting old. <laughs> Extra large, because I think I really have like 12 pills per little square. So yeah, no, but you know what? I don't care. I don't care care because it makes me feel good. I feel great. So that's all I care about. And, and let me just say one last thing. Uh, So I am on day 20 of no wine because I'm a huge, I mean, my listeners know I love my buttery Chardonnay and I feel, and I'm sleeping better than I can remember sleeping ever in my life. And I was a daily wine drinker, like every day, 5.30, 6 o'clock, I needed my buttery Chardonnay. And I'm just kind of like, well, I don't, I just feel the best I've ever felt. I know now in my head and and going forward, I'm never going to go back to that again. So it's kind of like right. you get to an age where you're like, do I really need to drink wine every day? No, I don't. And then I've read up so much on what, how, like, you know, we know in our country that alcohol is glamorized and then so there's so many people with addiction issues and I'm just like, you know what, I want to, I need to chill. So I'm pretty proud of myself. I have found something. Good for you. Thank you. I have found something that I am not, I'm not getting paid to promote this, but I'm going to tell my listeners and you, um, it's called hop water. And I drink it. I drink like one or two every night. It has zero calories on it. In it, it's it's natural hops. And I was never a beer drinker. I was a wine drinker. But it it kind of like satiates your urge. It has ashwanda in it and natural botanicals. And you just kind of like it. Kind of amazing substitutes for wine. It's crazy. So try it, everyone. Try it. And that's I, awesome. I wish they would. I will sponsor my podcast because I keep promoting it on social media. Anyway, so after that long-winded intro, um, Liza Blass, thank you so much for coming on. You are also a podcaster. Your podcast is called Very Happy Stories. You are a coach as well and a mom, and you're, you're a healing and empowerment coach, which we can kind of go into. But I don't know. I think we met on social media, and I think... Right. And you followed me. And and then I think messaged me one day and I look, sometimes I look at people's profiles that follow me and like, I might follow them back. Um, Yes. So I looked at yours and I was really impressed by your profile. And then we just started chatting and you were like, I listened to your podcast, but I have never done an episode about what we're going to talk about today. So when I saw your profile, I just thought I needed to reach out and I'm so thankful that you decided to come on the podcast. So thank you. Thank you. I am so honored and grateful to be here. Well, thank you, Liza. I already know I like you. Um, So let me just start with, I know that 
just kind of like reading your bio and kind of chatting with you back and forth on Instagram that you yourself have suffered with depression and, um, and, you know, also got to like one of the lowest points of your life and kind of have a similar story in some ways to mine, but different. Um, and you also are mm-hmm. a mom and we're going to kind of go into your story and like what you're doing today and how it's a little different than maybe other people's stories. But I really want to hear about where you're from and your background. So let's start there. Sure. Thank you so much. So I actually am from Chicago. I recently moved to Florida, but lived in Chicago, raised my kids in Chicago. And I was always more the anxiety-ridden person, Mm -hmm. right? And very high achiever. So I was a commercial real estate broker. I was doing development. And um, I secretly had these medical conditions too that would kind of get in the way. So I always had anxiety, perfectionism, people pleasing, but then I started having some thyroid conditions and an autoimmune. I also had an early breast stage cancer um, and my kids were very young. And with each of those moments, I did grow a little bit more and heal emotionally a little bit more. So the healing journey was not new to me when my kids really started going downhill. And so much so, I really found myself in a very dark place of fog and confusion and panic because both of my kids started presenting not just with the regular anxiety. They always had that. They were always very anxious and highly sensitive people. But they really started presenting with some serious psychiatric disorders. Okay, which is going backwards a little bit. Um, I, I want to ask you, so you went, you had a breast cancer scare I'm assuming you're okay now. I am okay. okay now. I have basically, it's called stage, at the time it was called stage zero. So it was cancer, but it was all contained. So I had, um, they caught it and I had a lumpectomy and radiation mm-hmm. and then was done with it. Okay. Well, thank God for that. Um, another thing I was yeah. going to ask you is like similar to you, I was working in corporate America for many, many years, 15 years of my life. <clears throat> and I also suffer from ma- like major anxiety and panic attacks. So um, it's really hard, obviously, you know, being a woman in corporate America. Also, I, I think you said commercial real estate is what you did. Yeah. So that's male driven. Yeah. So that, totally male dominated. Yeah, yes. yeah. So I, I came from a similar background of being, I worked in the automotive industry. Um, so mainly, I mean, not, I didn't work in like the dealership side, but I worked on the corporate side um, and very male dominated. So that in itself is, <laughs> that's a whole separate episode, right? Of just like how, like a male dominated industry sure. can, 
if you already suffer from anxiety, let me just get give you guys some news. Um, stay away from those industries because maybe not, maybe not the good fit for our type of person. Correct? You know, at first I was really scared. I'm going to tell you, it really tripped me up. But I started using um, it as an asset because I'll tell you why. In commercial real estate, all the brokers are male and the vast majority of your decision makers are male. And the last thing they want to do is work with another male. So they typically took my call and would meet with me. And it's true. And I don't want to interrupt you because I went through the same thing. All the owners of the dealerships and the dealership groups are all men. So it's to your advantage to be female in a lot of ways. But it's the yes. anxiety that I was dealing with because I was an overperform. Like I always had to be number one. I always had to be, and I was constantly like, like chasing my tail. Were you like that as well? <sighs> yes. I mean, I, I. There is a big competitive part mm-hmm. of me, mm-hmm. but I really just tried to stay in my lane. I was the only mom. So I guess because I was the only mom, I just did things my own way. I showed up when I had to. I just, I think it's like having my children gave me the permission to do things the way I needed to and be a little bit more unapologetic about it. Well, I think that's fantastic because that is the struggle for 90% of working moms struggle with, you know, we have to match up to our counterparts, which are men. And we have like, not only do we have to learn the shuffle ball change, but we have to learn the shuffle ball change and add in extra steps and then outperform them. And it's just... And then be a mom picking up your kids. And I like to call myself a mover because I'm an, right. I'm a mom Uber. So I made up the word mover. I trademarked it. I'm just kidding. I didn't. Um, so yeah, I'm using so it. I get all of that. And I hate to sidetrack, but I had to, I wanted to point that out because I know that commercial real estate is a very male dominated business. Yes, that's true. And I will say, the experience was good, but was detrimental to my health. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. I mean, it is so stressful. It is. And I structured it, Megan, I structured it in such a way where I only wanted to work, you know, X amount of hours a day or a week, which was minimal because I had mm-hmm. my kids. So I took all my eggs and put it in like one or two deals for the year. These would last very long, but they had to close. Like I didn't have the wiggle room. Do you know what I mean? I'm like, no, this has to close because this is all I got. And it, and it would because I would, you know, that's how I managed it. But that's very stressful. Oh, yeah. Very stressful. There was no room to not have it close. Yeah. I mean, I think that I've had conversations. I had a guest on once that was, we talked about this as well, but it's just something I always like when I have a working mom come on. There's, I don't work like in an, in this is what I do now, but I think back to my days of being a mom and, you know, trying to work and trying to, I was in sales. So every month I was just a number and the men also had a problem with, you know, 
because I did pretty well with the fact that like we had stuff like we had maternity leave and we had this and it's almost like, I don't know, it's just like a weird thing that I don't think our country or our, our culture is completely there where obviously women are treated equally in business because they're still, we still have to juggle so much, you know, and it's a different thing. Like my husband is the best dad ever. I literally, if he listens to this, um, I love you, honey. Um, (laughs) uh, but he really is like, sometimes he's a big pain in my butt, but he's really is a good dad. And he is like the kind of dad that makes dinner. He puts my kids to bed usually every night. Um, so I lucked out in that category, but think of how many women don't have that. And then they have to come home and they have to cook dinner and then they have to do all of that stuff. So I always like kind of pointing that out. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's get back to you. So you were, so you were like in this industry dealing with, you know, your kids dealing with knowing that there were some psychiatric issues going on that you stood out to you. And like, let's talk about what you did. Yeah. So it started, they would ping pong with each other where one would be in crisis and then the other one would be okay. And then I would get one settled and situated and the other one would be like, okay, now it's time for me to lose my shit, like kind of situation, right? But really it happened first with my son at a very young age. He really had suicidal ideation in the fourth grade. And it was devastating. What ended up happening is I put him in a partial hospitalization program, his first of second. And that really required me, the parent, to be very present for that program. I mean, that's what our children need when they're in crisis, but we all need the professional help also. Um, We also had to add medication. So that's kind of what it looked like. I had to tell my employer, you know, I'm doing this for a while. You know, this is what's happening. And they were super supportive, very supportive, helped me pick up some slack. I was able to do stuff, you know, in the evenings to run my deals. But that was kind of our first introduction to mental health crisis, right? And then a year later, my daughter, so maybe it was two years later, my daughter really started presenting with an eating disorder. And it was devastating. She had lost nearly 20 pounds in four months. And I have to tell you, Megan, she only started at like 105 pounds. You know, she was an itty bitty thing. So um, I found a program for her, thankfully. And what I loved about the program that I found, again, partial hospitalization, they understood that her eating disorder was tied to OCD. And that's like a very specific type of therapy. Mm -hmm. So again, we were able to be under the care of a psychiatrist and a therapist. But as soon as she stabilized, things started to get worse. I didn't know if it was the medication, but she was hallucinating. 
Can I ask you a question? So your son was in fourth grade when this happened. Yes. Did Was he diagnosed with like major, I mean, that's so young to be have. I mean, actually now it's common where um, sadly the suicide rate is getting younger and younger in this country, but was he diagnosed with like major depressive disorder? Like what were, what were the signs? Was he saying that he wanted to end his life? Can you kind of talk about that? Sure. Yes. Well, he was, okay. Let me tell you the story first. I knew one particular Sunday evening that he was all out of sorts. And before he expressed this to me, we had gone a good two years of accommodating his anxiety. You know what I mean by accommodating, right? Just kind of like trying to like curate this, you know, soft world so that he wouldn't be so anxious. And we worked with the school and that at that point he had transitioned to a micro school. He had ADHD. He's also identified as twice exceptional. He was profoundly gifted and had many learning differences, mm-hmm. which created so much distress for him. One particular Sunday evening, I knew he was really stressed out. And I said, I was tucking him into bed and I said, do you want, do you want me to read you a story? Do you want to draw? He said, I'll draw. I'm like, okay, just get a pad of paper out, give him a pencil. And he proceeds to draw this picture. I'll never forget of Spider-Man with the Spider-Man mask flying off of a building down to the ground. And there was another picture of like a helicopter and firemen at the bottom. And I said, what are you drawing? And he said, oh, well, this is me. I'm going to jump off this building. But I paid this guy, Bob, over here in this other building to fly a drone to hang the decoy mannequin so that when the firemen come to save him, then I could do my jump and nobody will get in the way. Um, And I said, is this how you feel? And he said, every day. He said, I I actually looked out the building at school. I was going to thinking about jumping, but I realized it wasn't high enough and there was too much grass and I'd probably just break my leg. And this was a fourth grade. My heart sank. Yes. He's, he is profoundly gifted and he was able to articulate. This is what I daydream about, mom. This is what I'm daydreaming about. And I said, must be so scary. I, I can't even imagine how, what, like you must've not known what to do or that's terrifying. I'm so sorry. It's terrifying. It's terrifying. And, but you're at the same time, Megan, you're in this moment where you're like, oh my God, this is a moment. And I got present quickly to try to obtain as much information as I could from this precious child. I'm like, I got five minutes. I got five minutes and I got to, I got to figure out what the hell is going on. And he just confided in me that he's so anxious and scared that he'd rather just be home with Jesus. I I like that breaks my heart. I don't even know what to say. It's, it leaves you. It's horrifying. Like I'm a mom too. So obviously like if that happened to one of my kids, I have a third grade 
third grader right now. I can't, that's close in age. I can't even imagine what that would be like to, to be reading to them or putting them to bed. What, what did you do after that? Like, where, like, did you reach out to Doc? I'm assuming you reached out to therapists and he was already in therapy or. You know, it was honestly, Megan, this came at a point where I was actually quite frozen because we had lived so many months of crisis. But the problem is you don't realize how crazy your life is because it it's a slow trip. It didn't happen overnight. And all of these accommodations that you make are very slow. And the next, now this did hit me, right? Like a ton of bricks. And I was able to put him to bed and I was up all night researching. Yeah. And I was so frozen though. And the next day I actually sent him to school. I called the school and I was like, he's stressed out. I don't know how he's going to do. He might need to come home. And then two hours later, I was like, what the hell am I doing? And I brought him home and I called the school and I was like, he can't come back until we figure out what we're doing. But that's kind of how foggy I was at the time. I really just wasn't awake. I was frozen. There's really no manual on like, what do you do? I mean, let's be real. Like we, as parents, we, you know, we get married, we have babies. We're like, oh my gosh, I love this baby. It's such an exciting time in our lives. And then, you know, you're, you, as kids begin to grow up and they go through things in school, whether it be like bullying or whether it be whatever it is, there's, and then COVID hits. And then it's like the mental health crisis is out of hand, you know, and every kid suffered, but to have a kid say something like that so young, And it makes sense to me that you would be in a fog because I, I've just, just so you know, I experienced something where I had one of my kids very, very upset one day. She had been in an encounter with somebody and the girl said something really mean to her. And, and this was pretty recently. And I went to drop her off at school in the morning and she was hysterically sobbing. And I remember going, what do I do? And she was like, mom, please don't. It breaks my heart even thinking, please don't send me to school. Please, mom, I don't want to go to school. And I pulled up and my other daughter got out of the car and she kind of sat there and she looked at me like I betrayed her, like to the point of like, I can't believe you're sending me to school. And I sent her to school and the entire day, all I wanted to do was pick her up. And so that, and it's not even an eighth of like what you experience. So just so you know, I can't, I, I know there's so many parents that are probably listening to this and maybe can relate or maybe have had a child that's, you know, struggled with suicidal ideations. It's, it's a very, very difficult thing to do because they don't give you, you don't know what to do. There's no manual on this, right? There is no manual on it. You're so, so right. And at the time, you know, this was years ago. I was a different person. I did not know at the time how to use my intuition. I was not in sync with my own intuition. 
and I needed time to kind of figure things out. And thankfully, he did go to a program that kind of gave us all the big time out because it was just bound to happen. Like we had been struggling for a while. So by the time my daughter went a couple years later, I knew the program. I knew the drill. I was a little more experienced than the other moms and dads, you know, at the support group. It wasn't my first rodeo. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. This time of year is the worst. I feel like I can't do anything and I can't enjoy my dinner because I can't taste my food and I can't work out because I feel tired and distracted. I can't even feel like I can host this show because my voice sounds like a duck. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. I feel like I've been using Claritin D for probably a few months now, and I have really noticed a difference. I can work out. I'm not feeling like my eyes are watering and my nose is all stuffed up. I can speak without feeling like a frog has jumped into my throat. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. How old was your daughter when she was, when she started with the eating disorder? Was she young as well? She was in the seventh grade. Okay. So I don't even know how old she was, maybe 12 or yeah. 13. Yeah, she 12. had, she's an early birthday. Yeah. And, um, and it was, it was a very good program, but unfortunately, and nobody knew this, it was not the program's fault. Her, it did not address her root cause of illness. What you said was so, OCD. Well, even beneath the OCD for both of my children, it was bacterial infections and um, um, autoimmune encephalitis, autoimmune, you know, immune system attacking the brain. 
And we didn't get there until even like years later. Okay. Let me ask you a question because I know that we're going to talk about that. Is this, is this autoimmune thing, is this new? Is this like, is this, uh, is this environmental? Is this, I really would like to understand this. Sure. Sure. So it goes by, it's not really new, but sadly nothing's changed in 20 years. So it's archaic in diagnosing and it's archaic in getting treatment, but it's not new, unfortunately. It's just not recognized so much, but it really kind of falls under this umbrella of PANS, which is pediatric acute onset neuropsychiatric syndrome. That's PANS. And under the PANS umbrella, there's like pandas, autoimmune encephalitis, ganglia encephalitis, there's like all these different kinds. But essentially, you in my in the brains of my children, there was mass inflammation. And um, also with their immunology, their brain, their immune system was attacking their brain. And my daughter actually had it worse. She was just a better performer at trying to lock in her anxiety and her OCD and her eating disorder until she snapped, whereas my son couldn't keep a lid on it at all. But she was actually the child in deeper crisis, shockingly. So you mentioned in the beginning that you suffered with an autoimmune disorder or disease. Does that have to do with when they're uh, when you're pregnant? Is this does pans develop like in pregnancy? Such you ask the best questions. Thank you. The I'm very questions. good at this. I've been doing it for you years. are. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, it's so yes and no. So pans is a syndrome. You can you can basically fall into a pans situation. What causes pans? right? For my children, it was tick-borne infections, including Lyme disease, tick-borne infections, Bartonella, Babesia. And I didn't know, Megan, that I had Lyme. So you were pregnant, because this is another thing. So this is part of why I brought you on. Because all of this stuff, so I'm obviously a mental health podcaster. I am not a doctor by any means. But the Lyme disease is, and my best friend, Julie's sister, my best friend that passed away, her sister's like my sister too, has Lyme disease. And so many people are like, it is a made up, there's no such thing. Like for years and years and years, I think people are starting to come around and think Mm -hmm. it's actually a thing. But did you have... Lyme disease, and then passed it on? That's exact. I didn't know that I had Lyme. I thought I had an autoimmune. Yeah. But guess what? I Do I have an autoimmune or is my immune system attacking the Lyme disease and the co-infections that are in my thyroid? Uh Uh-huh. Well, it's all connected. Yeah. Right? And the breast cancer is too. 
I've learned now that I'm in this Lyme world. And yes, I know a lot of people don't give it validation, but um, it is the root cause of so many illnesses. It's kind of that thing where like, if you can't get answers and then you have this diagnosis in the autoimmune world, but you're not getting any better. And then it kind of travels to like another part of your body. Like that's when you just need to think, could this be Lyme? And, and your brain is just another organ. Yes, of course it is. And it's the most important one in my opinion. Um, well, there's debate on that. We need our hearts and our lungs and all of that too. But I think the brain, the brain is like the mystery organ that, you know, everybody pays, understands all the other organs, but the brain's kind of this organ that if there's something going on, people just go, Oh, you're crazy. Right. Which a lot of people that deal with Lyme disease are blamed for. Right. Yes, yes. And I I also wanted to mention something really quick you had mentioned is this environmental factors. So all of these things come into play. It's kind of a perfect storm where, yes, the food we eat, the water we drink, the chemicals that are in our clothing and in our food are affecting our immune systems and they're affecting our gut. So we can't handle these these microbes microorganisms um if if we were eating really healthy food and we had high quality this and that and we didn't you know live in such a toxic world like people have been living with Lyme disease forever it's not anything new i think it's just the fact that like we can't handle the overall toxin load anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's really affecting children at such pivotal points of brain development, coupled with the fact that some of them are already getting a congenital load in addition to getting bit by ticks and lice and mosquitoes in our everyday world. I mean, then you've got like globe, you know, global warming or the world is warming. It's changing all of the animals and organisms out there. Everything's changing. So it's kind of just this perfect storm of crisis. What what scares me, what you just said that's really scary is, so Lyme disease is, ca- I thought, caused by tick bites. So you might must have been bitten by a tick at some point in your life and then developed it or like people don't know, but I didn't know you could get it from lice. Yeah, fleas, lice. So, so the thing about Lyme is a lot of people, the, I don't even know what the percentage is, but you don't just get Lyme. Lyme is one bacteria, Borrelia burgdorferi. But with that, in that's why I say tick-borne illnesses, there are all of these other infections, including Bartonella, Babesia, Rickettsia, Rocky Mountain Fever, I believe it's called. Um all of these co-infections can all be transferred by other insects and organisms. Great. Well, that's some right. great. I needed some great news today. I know. Like, I, I, as if the world wasn't already scary enough. Thank you very much, Liza. Um, I know. No, but know. on a serious note, tell. Okay, so that was all discovered, and then you're trying to deal with 
your kids and then you have your kind of breakdown where you're like, I can't do this anymore. When did things kind of like fall into place where you were like, I I need help. I need to do something. Tell me about that. And how are both your kids doing now? Not to jump ahead, yeah. but I would love to Yeah, yeah, that. yeah. Well, so we did finally get diagnosed and treatment is rough. When you treat, and, and you can heal from these things, you can. Basically, you can get in a position where you kill down the load and you support your immune system and now your body is functioning optimally, right? And even though you might have bacterial infections, you can handle it. So... It's hard though. It's really, really hard to get through treatment. When my daughter started doing better, we were at the therapist and I told the therapist, Ben, I said, I'm just concerned because I don't think my daughter, her name is Ava. I don't know if she really wants to be happy. I feel like we've been miserable for so long that now she's kind of identifying as I'm this sad, anxious person. And he says to her, Ava, what do you think your mom is saying? Do you want to be happy? And she says, yes, I want to be happy. And he said, well, what would make you happy, Ava? And she says, well, I would be happy if my mom was happy. And I said, I'm happy. Come on now. I'm happy. And he says, she doesn't think so. And I said, so if I get happy, then she will be happy. And she says, that is correct. And I said, so all I need to do is learn to be happy. And my therapist says, looks like it. And that was a huge game changer for me because I was not happy. I had lived this narrative that all I need to be happy is for my kids to be happy and healthy, but they weren't. And it wasn't even their fault. And I was putting all this pressure on them. Just be happy so mommy can be happy. We talk about difficulty for a perfectionistic child like my daughter to put this much pressure on her to make me happy. So she literally gave me the energetic permission slip to get a freaking life and find out what will make me happy. So I did. I took, this was all, all over COVID. I took some time. I realized I don't want to be a commercial real estate anymore. I need to get behind a microphone. I need to share my stories. And I started the podcast, Very Happy Stories. I just went through my journal. I first started sharing all of my stories. I started bringing other people on. I started doing all this other work. I learned that I never knew how to sit in my own discomfort. How is that possible in your 40s? So I worked on that. And that like made me happy. I learned that so much in my life is neutral. And I like leaned into that principle. And that made me happy. So I started doing all of these things. That was the game changer. Because my kids really started responding to their treatment. And the whole thing accelerated. Oh my God. You're making me cry. We have such parallel lives because I did the same thing. <laughs> I know. I mean, it's crazy, but, and, and we're in this space. It's, it's, um, I mean, for your, your Ava sounds amazing. The fact that like she can be so self-aware as to say, 
I, know. I want you to be happy. Like what a good kid, right? That's amazing. And that's a testimony to like what kind of mom you are. Um, because not every parent, you know, it like all the stories you've told me thus far, even the story about your son, when he was telling you, like, describe like your drawing, describe that. I don't feel like many parents take the time to, to ask questions and talk to their kids that way. So what an amazing mother you are. Because a lot of times I find myself you. like if Ella, my daughter sings literally 24 hours a day and loves to tell stories. And I find that I like lose my patience and might be like, okay, it's time for bed. Good night. And you know, we don't take the time. I'm realizing lately that this time is so precious and that we have with our kids. Um, you know, I was thinking the other night while my 12 year old was driving me insane. Um, I was like, she's 12. I don't have that much more time with her. Like she's going to go to college in like six years, you know, like, or is, is that right? I'm, so, I'm my mouth. No, that's right. Cause she's in seventh grade. Like it goes by fast. It goes, it goes so by fast. fast. And, and just, but I had to say that to you, like, what a, what an excellent mom I can tell that you are. And then just what you're doing and like being present, I found that I became free and I'm still, I still struggle. Don't get me wrong. I'm a lot happier not drinking PS. I'm, my life is in the last 20 days is the best it's been. And I don't even know how long. Um, but I will say that it all is connected to making other people happy. So your happiness, I believe this, my happiness is like, yeah, taking control of my own life and making myself happy. Like what, what you do getting out of corporate America, you know, even though I had to go in a horrible way and realize it because of my panic attacks and what I was going through, I got out started this podcast, tell stories of people going through trauma and kind of coming out the other side. And that is what it's all about. And what you do, that's what it's all about. So it makes sense what you're saying. hundred percent. Right? Yes. And yes. And she gave me the permission to, to find my passion, you know, just as you said, like making people happy, but it's like, if you're not living with passion. There's nothing feeding your soul and you need to be fed with the good stuff so you can handle the struggles of your children. So you can be present in the really hard times. Something's got to feed you because you're just giving energy out, you know, to take care of your family. So you got to put energy in for the stuff that lights you up. A hundred percent. And and I don't think in the... in like one of the biggest gifts in life is to be able to realize that. Hence, Liza's very happy stories. Quick plug for your podcast, <laughs> right? There you like, go. So tell, yes. me, tell me like diet related, like all of that stuff. I know you t- you're like me and you take a lot of vitamins. Um, did you, did your kids completely like, is it, did you change their diets? Like how are they able to function today and how are they doing? Yes. So 
I wish my kids ate vegetables and salads and yeah. ate really healthy, but they don't. Yeah. Um, but we definitely are a gluten-free home. I am, I have a high sensitivity to all glutens and so does my daughter. And it's just ridden with glyphosate, which is a weed killer. So we don't need any of that. We also limit dairy. No one's drinking milk in my house. We will have ice cream, you know, for a treat here and there, but we're pretty much gluten-free, dairy-free. And, um, you know, there's a lot of fruit, there's minimal vegetables. I would love for that to change, but on the whole, they don't eat terrible, you know, they don't eat terrible, but we all have protocols. Like my kids are still in treatment. My daughter doesn't have Lyme anymore. And she's doing really well. The inflammation is down, but she is treating Bartonella. And so this little pill dispenser that I showed you earlier, she has three of these. What is what is Bartonella? It's a bacterial infection that can launch you into pans. They're starting to see connections between Bartonella, pans, and autism. Wow. Yes. And that, um, not that my daughter's diagnosed with autism, you know, it's a spectrum, right? It's a spectrum. Um, but they're starting to see that when you reduce the, the bacterial load of Bartonella, when you start killing off Bartonella, they start seeing the autism symptoms diminish. Wow. So that's what she's treating right now. She's doing great. My daughter is 17 and she's actually in college. She's a junior in high school, but taking college courses to finish out 11th and 12th grade, she'll get an associate's degree at the same time. She's brilliant. So it sounds like both of your kids are very, very smart. They're very, very smart, but they also had that neurodiversity situation. They're finding that kids like that have, like my son has ADHD, they're finding that kids like that have gut issues. You know, like their gut biome is not healthy. And that's also how a lot of things get through and can take your immune system down when things get into your gut. This is insane. And so it's a whole, see, it's like a whole orchestrated symphony of like immune system down, microbes attacking, you know, now they're crossing the brain barrier. So it's, it's all kind of related. I mean, I believe that most things stem from gut health. I mean, it makes sense. All of the stuff that you're saying. Um, so, and your son, how's your son doing? He's. He's doing great. He's only on herbs. So my son and I, we are not on like um, antibiotics, which is pretty much the course. We are both, because I have active Lyme, which I did find out. We're on herbs, vital plant herbs. I love them. It's subtle. My son is just, you know, he's doing great. He like likes school for the first time ever. Now, granted, I did find him. He's a freshman in high school. He goes to this little school in Sarasota, um, and there's nothing special about it. It's not special needs. It's just a little school, 
And that's what he needs. Mm -hmm. He needs to feel safe. He needs smaller classrooms. He needs a place that's going to like let him be him because he is twice exceptional. So I think I also found the right environment for him. I mean, that makes sense. Not, I mean, every human being is different. Every human being needs a different school. I mean, it makes sense. All of this stuff that you're saying. I think there's so many people that, um, need to hear this episode. I think it's so important what you're talking about, especially for parents that are like, what is going on? What's wrong? I know with Christine or people that suffer with Lyme disease, it sometimes is a long road and a long diagnosis to understand what's happening, you know, to your body and can be very, very scary. Correct? Correct. And so the thing about it is with adults, it really is affecting their bodies. But the sad thing is with children, you're going to see psychiatric issues. That's why I'm so grateful to be able to share this message on your podcast, because that's the missing piece that is going to leave a child undiagnosed for so long. Even my own kid's psychiatrist, even the psychiatrist in the partial hospitalization program, we're completely unaware of Lyme and PANS. Let me ask you a question. Are there things that parents should look out for? I mean, mental health issues mental health um, issues are at the highest level that they've been with with children. A lot of it has to do with COVID. Our suicide rates are quadruple what they were. I think three years ago, I don't know the latest statistic. I would have to look that up. But sadly, between the ages of 12 and 24 years of age, we are quadruple what we were three years ago. So let me ask you the question of minus COVID and the things that kids, you know, the isolation and the things that kids were feeling that couldn't have helped. Are there things that you can tell parents to look out for? Are there any signs? Yes. Yes. Um, Sudden onset. Sudden onset OCD. Sudden onset eating disorder. Like sudden, right? And just the level of emotional dysregulation is completely unreasonable. Like this is unworkable. We already see a therapist. We're already on medication. What the hell is happening? It's that. That is, you know, something medically could be happening. Um, so I would say, and and there's all other things like um, stre- there could be um, marks on their body. They look like stretch marks. They're also known as BART marks. But the biggest thing too, is this happened to my daughter, hallucinations and intrusive thoughts hallucinations and intrusive thoughts is a huge marker. What was she hallucinating? Uh, Like scary things? She was hallucinating, yes, that she was being attacked by dark entities. She drew them. You know, kind of like you're like, do we need to get a priest in here? Like that kind of stuff, which I did do. Like I I did get a priest into my house and bless my house and... He was like, okay, we're good. Um, no, it's it's that kind of stuff. It's just, it's like crazy, batshit crazy and sudden onset. And the best way I can describe it is right before my very eyes, my children were kidnapped. The children that I knew were gone. 
I did get them back though, right? We healed, I got them back, but that's that's gonna resonate with some listeners of like my children were taken right before my very eyes. They're, those are the parents, like they're, they're, their little hairs are gonna stand up and they're gonna know to be tested for if that. If I have listeners that are right now or they have a friend that's dealing with something like this, what step, I mean, all of those signs, what are the steps that people should take? Because it sounds to me, it took you like forever to get a diagnosis. Did you have to get MRIs? Like, like how does, like, what if No. Okay. Well, I mean, just to, to collapse the time frame, right? I would say the best thing to do is do testing. It's unfortunate that you really can't rely on the standard tests that the pediatrician will run, which is a Western blot. It's paid for by insurance. It's garbage. You really have to use something like Igenex, Igenex testing, Vibrant Wellness has a good test, Armin Labs. You want to find a Lyme Literate MD, also known as LLMD. You can find doctors like this um, at LymeDisease.org, Global Lyme Alliance. The big associations are going to have practitioner directories where you can find people like that. For PANS, um, the PANDAs, there's Pandas Network, um, Aspire Pans, Documenting Hope. These are all organizations that are friendly and experienced with handling these type of infections. Wow. Well, I just learned more than I thought I would ever learn in an hour of my life. And not only that, but I really like you and I think you're awesome. And boy, do you make me feel like I am not the best mom. No, I'm just kidding. I'm an okay oh, mom. God, but no. you're just, you can tell like what kind of mom you are and you're the kind of mom that always makes me feel bad about myself. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you straight up, this is not who I was. This is not who I, I just, I became this person and it's my kids made me become this person through the journey. They're the ones that healed me. Wow. That's what, the, that's what our, the, that's what, I mean, kids are an amazing blessing. And, you know, as much as I couldn't stand my daughter before she left this morning for school is as much as I'm like, oh, I get to see her. Hopefully she'll be nice to me when I go get her an acai bowl after school. Um, Liza, I could talk to you forever. I just think you're a wonderful woman. And um, I would love for my listeners to know if they want to reach out to you where they can find you. Yes. Well, I hang out on Instagram. It's Liza's Very Happy Stories. Or you can come to my website, which is simply verryhappystories.com. Okay. I am hoping that if one of my listeners out there has a friend or they don't listen to this podcast and you think that maybe your friend could be going through something similar or you don't understand what's happening, that you reach out to Liza. I also love following her Instagram. I think it's... um, She's, it's just very sweet and I love your messaging and I think that's really important. So in closing, everyone, thank you, Liza. And don't forget to follow me and send me your messages. You can follow me at Judging Megan on Instagram. And remember, everyone, be happy by making others happy. Judging Megan with Megan Judge.
Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of plan investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.